With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Warning. This program may contain material of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Casting Undead from the B-Ward, this is Postmortem. I'm Dom. And I'm JD. And today we're going to bring you our top five visions of hell. Hell. Happy Friday the 13th. Yeah, you too. It's Friday the 13th as of the recording of this podcast. And you're going straight to hell. You're going to burn in hell. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. The and it's in Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, I was going to say, the video of Pee Wee riding his bike to it. Yeah. <laughs> so Nathan Hamilton, our guest a couple of shows ago, was the one who suggested the top five visions of hell, depictions of the underworld, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he emailed it into us, so we're going to read his top five also. I had fun with this one. Me too. Uh, there was, I, like, I went back and did just a little bit of research to make sure I wasn't you know missing anything important, and I realized that there's a lot of comedy set in hell, like... Probably just as many comedies as there are horror movies. I would say more, yeah. Usually we narrow down our top five to only horror. Yeah. This week I was a little lenient. You know, yeah. normally I'm the I'm the postmortem rule guy. The stickler. Uphold the rules. We got <laughs> rules around here and they are not meant to be broken. <laughs> you got your yardstick. That's <laughs> in barbed wire. Smacking it on your knuckles every time you say... Forget shit. Every time you say Dennis, I just hit you with it. <laughs> Dennis is actually my number one depiction of hell. Depiction of hell, I love yeah. a thousand Dennises. <laughs> You're just getting karate'd by Dennis? Yeah, for, <laughs> for eternity. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do this episode. Before we do that... We got a little bit of... You know that uh, that serious squirrel video where it plays that dun-dun-dun and it like zooms in real fast on the image of the squirrel? On his eyes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to find a way to make a zombie version of that for this. <laughs> on Morty. Yeah. Zooming in on Morty, the post-mortem mascot. I got some pretty good news. 
And I got some pretty shitty news. Shitty news? Yeah, shitty news. Wow. You know, I mean, you know what shitty news is all about. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the remake. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. They I, got their grubby little hands tainting my favorites again. They're tainting them. They're not re- making a reanimator, are they? No, they're not. Okay, good. I, I figured you'd probably be weeping as I came in here. Oh, the show would be canceled. <laughs> remake of reanimator starring fucking Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Skeet, Skeet, Skeet. Nicholas Cage is Dr. Herbert West. (laughs) So, they are touching a little movie I just showed you. Inside. Already? Already. Well, they're Americanizing it. They're making an English language remake Mm. for fucking A La Intour. I don't know how to pronounce it. That's the French one. It's on that poster. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Inside. One of the best slasher movies I've ever seen. It's a great movie. Loved it. Very intense. Gory. Way over the top, but in a way that is good. Yeah. Not in a way that's stupid. Right. You know, right. it's 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 in a way that it's realistically, but still over the top. Home Invasion and and Psycho movies are the kind of movies that legitimately scare me. Yeah, and especially and, the image of her when she's outside of the house and you can just see her silhouette and she's all still like she's yeah. not trying to hide. She's just standing there in the window. Yeah, because that's all like creepy, real shit. shit that yeah, actually happened to for you. sure. Yeah. So. They're going to remake Inside? What the fuck? They fucked up Martyrs? They just can't leave my shit alone. Leave my shit alone. Who's, what? who's directing it, do you know? Well, that's the only light at the end of the tunnel. So There's a little hope because Miguel Angel Vivas, who directed Kidnapped. Remember that movie, Kidnapped, yeah, yeah, I showed you? That, yeah. yeah, you saw it, right? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, yet. you haven't seen no. it? I thought you, I thought you said it in a previous episode. You watched it. You need to watch that. Yeah. Some awesome long takes. Nice. There's so many long takes. They had to rehearse that movie for like six months before they shot it. Because I think it's eight shots. Okay. For the whole fucking movie. Wow. Yeah. Some, something like eight, maybe ten. Don't, yeah. don't quote me on it. After finals, I'll check it out. You should. It's on. It's actually streaming now. If you guys want to talk, uh, check out this movie called Kidnap. It's streaming on Netflix right now. So That's the guy who is going to direct this new movie. Miguel Angel Vivas. He's directing... The writers from Wreck are adapting the screenplay based on the original. And Wreck was a good remake. And yeah, Wreck was. I, I thought Quarantine was a remake of Wreck. Sorry, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. no, I, the original I, I, Wreck, okay. the original, right. which is much better than Quarantine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Quarantine was good though. Yeah, it is all right. It's got Doug Jones. It does. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the The scene where the dude beaten to death with a camera. That was, uh, <laughs> so found footage. Of course, I'm gonna watch it, even though. It pisses me off that it's being done. There's a little bit of hope because of this. I'm just hoping that they make it just as brutal, make it good, you know? I don't want it to be like Martyrs. The Martyrs remake broke my heart. Yeah. It broke my heart, Dom. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it <laughs> like I'm looking forward to a prostate exam. <laughs> it just depends on who the examiner is. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> that's true. You, know, you know how sometimes when you go to the doctor and you like you have to get the STD screen and like they put the Q-tip down your dick and have you ever had that done? No. No? It's uh-huh. not It's not pleasant. The last time I had it done, the, the nurse was a mulleted bull dyke. And she seriously, she handled my dick like a vegetarian would handle a raw piece of meat. Uh, like with disgust. Yeah, yeah, and like, like put this like thing, this Q-tip down. <laughs> had had no respect for the dick, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't remember her name, but uh, uh. The, it, it's never pleasant to begin with. But like when when it's that, yeah, it was it was a sad day for me. It's <laughs> terrible, terrible news. I curled up in a fetal position and cried in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> so 
What you got this week for I, horror news? I've got a, a couple pieces of movie news. Uh, I'll, I'll start with one that I am very personally interested in. Uh, upcoming movie called The Incurables. Okay. It's, it's a horror movie loosely based on a true story. Uh, starring Tom Sizemore from Natural Born Killers. Yeah, I like Tom Sizemore. And, as a traveling lobotomy salesman in the 1950s. <laughs> Disgr- traveling lobotomy? Yeah. Like door to door? He would try and convince people. He wouldn't give them, but he would try and convince people to go get them. And then they, they upped the ante on it. So, disgraced by the psychiatric hospital where he practiced for nearly 30 years, Dr. Walter Freeman, played by Thomas Sizemore, who was actually a real person, uh, has taken to traversing the country and proselytizing about a very new kind of salvation, the transorbital lobotomy. With an ice pick and a hammer, Freeman lands in a town full of degenerates that test his own sanity. Wow. Yeah, so if you YouTube the name Walter Freeman, you can get a really, really fucked up history of psychology and lobotomies, because he was one of the people... Like a documentary or what? Uh, there, there's a lot of mini documentaries on him, yeah. Cool. Um, th- of course, this movie is fictionalized, but it's it's based on you know Walter Freeman, the character. Yeah. And... Uh, and his 1950s lobotomy cures. Awesome. I'm actually looking forward to that one. And that sounds pretty cool. Tom Sizemore is the man. Like, that guy... I, I hope he goes crazy in this movie. Because every time Tom Sizemore goes crazy, it's glorious. Yeah, with his meth eyes. Yeah. Did you, ever, <laughs> did you ever see the movie, speaking of Nicolas Cage, where he was the ambulance driver? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bringing out the dead. Yeah. Yeah. He was great in that movie. Yeah, that, that movie was actually pretty cool. Yeah. I like when they flipped the ambulance. Yeah. That, was, that was fun. They just don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got one that I am looking forward to. Okay. It's actually streaming now on Stan. You ever heard of this thing, Stan? Mm-mm. It's like How's that spelled? S-T-A-N. Stan, just like oh, the name. Oh, like South Park? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's Australia's Netflix. Okay. It's like a Netflix <laughs> for Australians. <laughs> what, do they not have Netflix? It's uh, Stan, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, streaming now on Stan, it is a miniseries. Of Wolf Creek. John Jarrett as McTaylor. Really? It's a Wolf Creek episodic miniseries. That's cool. Not sure exactly how many episodes. I think it was like six or ten. Do they produce their own content? I have no idea. I think it is. I think it's their content. Okay. So I'm just hoping it's as brutal as Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek is awesome. Yeah, Wolf Creek is a is a Maybe not a ten granny handjob Doug Jones whatever, but but definitely, definitely <laughs> eight five up there yeah eight five I give Wolf Creek an eight five. Did you see number two? Yeah, it's good too. Yeah, yeah they they don't pull punches on that. Yeah, gory, and he's funny. Yeah, got some humor there, McTaylor. So I'm hoping it goes to a platform that us Americans and other people of the world right. can watch without having to subscribe to the stand thing. Right, I'm sure it will eventually. Yeah, uh, so. Keep your eye out for that one. Nice. Something I'm excited about. Don't Kill It. Don't Kill It? Is an upcoming horror action comedy film starring Dolph Lundgren and directed by Mike Mendez, who made the movie Big Ass Spider, which is also fucking hilarious. Is that good? Yeah. I saw saw the picture and I'm like, I will never watch this. It's stupid as fuck, but it's stupid as fuck on purpose and it's hilarious. I I like some stupid sometimes. And he also made the movie Grave Dancers, which is actually a legit good movie. I've never seen that. Uh, no, another good one to look at. Kind of slow, but it's a good movie. So, the the synopsis of this movie is, An ancient evil is unleashed in a small Alaskan town, leaving a trail of death and destruction as it passes from host to host. The only hope of survival lies with a grizzled demon hunter, Dolph Lundgren, who has faced the terror before. Together with a reluctant FBI agent, he has to figure out how to destroy a demon with the ability to possess its killer. So basically, the demon possesses people, turns them into a killer. When someone kills the killer, they get possessed and turn into a killer. 
you know what they say, right? When if, if Dolph Lundgren, uh, if Dolph Lundgren kills the demon I and gets possessed, you. he will say, "I have the power." So there's a trailer for this movie. If he dies, he dies. He dies. <laughs> he, he, sound, he sounds just like Dolph in the trailer. Uh, the trailer is available on Bloody Disgusting right now. It's bloody chaos all the way through. Has a rampaging Santa Claus and axe wielding children in it. Um, this movie's going to be fun. It's, well, it's it's Dolph Lundgren being used to the utmost of Dolph Lundgren's ability in a splatter comedy. I like Universal Soldier. Oh, I love Universal awesome. Soldier. I had the standee of Jean Claude Van Damme, like you know, he had your Elvira cut out when I was a kid. I had that in my room in like the Universal. So, so that's where we're at. I have yeah. big boob Elvira, yeah, and I had cut out, cardboard cutouts, and you got some Dolph Lundgren I had Van Damme. or Van Damme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. when I was like. <laughs> Too young to be gay. <laughs> or not. Who yeah, knows? Depends. Yeah. Well, that looks pretty good. Yeah, um, don't kill it. <laughs> I got one more that I don't know how I feel about. Okay. You know, we went with the bad yeah. into the good. This is the I don't know till okay. it comes out. Could be good, could be bad. You ever heard of a movie called Tank 432? No. AKA Belly of the Bulldog. <laughs> okay. It is being described as if you combine Dog Soldiers okay. and Jacob's Ladder. Two very good movies. Two good movies. Dog Soldiers, uh, I think it's a tad overrated. I do like it, mm. but I do think it's a little overrated. The, some of the special effects in it are pretty silly. That's okay, though. You know, so what happens is people, these people and their prisoners, group of uh, what have you, mm-hmm. military people and their two prisoners, hide from an unseen force in a tank. It's a limited storytelling movie okay. where they're in the tank, and just, I like just one I set. like yeah yeah I like that. What was that movie that you had me watch where they were all standing in the circle? Circle, circle, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cube is like that too. Yeah. I like that. You know, I like limited storytelling. I'm right. a big fan of it. What they don't know is the real threat is already among them. Dun, dun, dun. Like Devil, yeah, Devil's pretty good too. Like even Devil. though it's Shyamalan Ding Dong. Well, he just produced it though. He didn't direct it, so that's why yeah. he didn't get fucked up. Well. M. Night Shiny Monkey. <laughs> M. Night Shiny Monkeys. That's a rating system. No, right there. Just joking. <laughs> shiny Monkeys. All right. So that's my last bit of horror news. You got anything else? Yeah, I got one more. Um, so last week we talked about uh, Evil Dead, the symphonic concert that's playing in L.A. Something else that's happening. Composer Mark Morovic and librettist Mark Campbell have written an opera of The Shining. It opened last week at the Minnesota Opera, and they're trying to get it on the road as a traveling show. Um, if you go to a YouTube channel called Classical Light, that's C-L-A-S-S-I-C-L-I-T-E, you can see a six-and-a-half-minute preview video, including performances by some of the singers. Did you watch it? Yeah. They're Is it cool? They're, I mean, it's, it's opera, so it really depends on if opera is your thing or not. Uh, not so much. But they're taking <laughs> it seriously. They're not doing it as a joke. They're not trying to be... Oh, uh, that's cool. Uh, they're not trying to be, like, uh, ironic about it or anything like that. And one of the things that they're doing is, you know, because, like, a lot of, like, you think opera and you think, like, pretty singing and all that. Yeah. They're trying to highlight the insanity of the story by having discordant singing. So, like, they'll have people intentionally sing tones that are slightly off to create a feeling of, of like madness and insanity. And there was a part where uh, they had the actor playing Jack and uh, the, uh, the lady that plays his wife and then the guy who was playing Dick Holleran and they were singing this weird tritone thing that sounded like hell. And then the piano was like going crazy on top of it and it was really nightmarish. 
That's cool. See, I'm not I'm not one for the opera, but uh-huh. I do love Tommy, uh-huh. the Who Tommy. <laughs> Rock I love yeah. Uh, yeah, I love uh, the Wall. Yeah, you know, I love Cannibal the Musical. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so uh, you I, know, I I could get into it. I guess I'm there are operas that I like. I, my dad was an opera fan, so like I grew up listening to like Pavarotti and Placido Domingo and all those guys. And so there are operas that I like. But what makes me really happy about this is this is what happens when people who grew up on horror movies like go on to do things with their lives. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I want to get back to that horror. Yeah. I still live it. And, and they're rooting it more in Stephen King's story than Stanley Kubrick's story. Okay. So it's going to yeah. be closer to the Pretty to the similar, but there's some things. There's, like there's the some major differences. Shit, yeah. yeah, yeah I love The Shining, though. Stanley Kubrick is one of my top directors. I, I didn't like The Shining for years because The Shining was the first horror book that I read. Oh, and, so you were comparing it too much to the book. And, and, and it's like, it's bonded to my soul, you know? Yeah. And so when I saw the movie and saw how different it was and how in the book... Jack Torrance's rise to insanity was subtle and slow, and in Kubrick's movie, it was just like, "Well, ah, I've got an axe, I'm killing everyone." Yeah, but you know, he's got what two hours, right? Compared to and Stephen King books are long. Yeah, you know? and going back and watching it as a in my early twenties as an adult was definitely I, I got it more. You know, I understood yeah. what Kubrick was trying to do. You ever yeah. see the documentary about The Shining that talks about like all Room Two Thirty Seven? Yeah, right? Yeah. No, I put it. I just added it to my Netflix uh, list. It's but it's real good. I want to watch it. And it's it, got five stars. It says yeah. we think you will like this five point zero. And that's it, strong for Netflix to re- recommend it to you and yeah. say we think you'll like it five point zero because yeah. I watch a shitload of documentaries mm-hmm. and horror movies. That's right. all I watch: documentaries and horror movies. And that's a mashup of it. Stupid comedies. Yeah, so. that documentary actually gave me a whole new respect for the movie because it shows like all of the craziness that Kubrick went into to make. The hotel so disorienting. I think crazy knows crazy, and Kubrick's yeah, sure. a little out there. So. <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> All right. Well, we will come back after a quick word from our sponsors with this week's good movie and bad movie. You got a good movie? I got a good movie. You got a bad movie? I got a shitty movie. All right. Well, we'll be back after this. Hi. Thanks for listening to the Postmortem Podcast. If you want to support us, go to our website at www.postmortemshow.com and click the Amazon link. By clicking on the Amazon banner, Amazon will give a small percentage of the purchase price of your item back to the Postmortem Podcast at no additional cost to you. That's right. It doesn't cost you any money. We get money. You want us to keep doing this? You want more Doug Jones talk? You want more dick and fart talk? I don't care. We're going to do it. Fund our filthy, filthy habits. Yes, and they are many and they are fast. And most of them aren't legal. (laughs) Yes. Click the banner. Just do it. Come on, don't be a dick. Give us money. Time for the good movie. And the bad movie. So you got a stinker, huh? I got a stinker. I guess I'll go first then. All right. My bad movie of the week. Had me up and down. Throughout the whole movie, I did not know if I liked it or not. Mm. Till at one point, I decided it's the bad movie of the week. Okay. It had some promising shit. Dropped the ball. Okay. A little mainstream this week. 10 Cloverfield Lane. You heard oh, of this? Oh, really? Yeah. It was bad. Um, You might like it. I would say watch it too because... I didn't like Cloverfield. I hated Cloverfield. Yeah. This was so much better than Cloverfield. Okay. And the the only thing that really interested me in it is I'm a huge John Goodman fan. Yeah. No, John Goodman does really well. So, 2016, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, starring John Goodman, 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead, John Gallagher Jr. So what happens in this fucker? A woman gets in a car accident, awakens in a bomb shelter, where she's held by two men who claim that outside the world has ended through chemical attack. I avoided it because I thought it was a sequel to Cloverfield. Isn't it? Which, in a way, it is. There's no big Godzilla thing. Okay. It's not like that. This movie has you going back and forth. Is, is there, Did the world really end? Or is this guy just fucking crazy and keeping her? That's that's what the premise of this movie is. Okay. So, it's almost a held hostage kind of movie. Cloverfield wasn't terrible. I hate the fucking found footage. I had no desire to see a sequel, you know? Uh, this isn't when, found footage, right? No. Okay. No, it's not found footage. That's the good news. When I researched it, I found out that the director had made a short film called Portal No Escape based on the Portal video game. It's on YouTube for free. Okay. You ever played that game Portal? Yeah, yeah it's a great game. It's fucking awesome. The cake is a lie. He has this... T- yeah, the cake is a fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he made a short film of this. And now he's making 10 Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> Rise to Stardom. And the short film is actually pretty cool. I wish they made a Portal movie. I wish they made a Half-Life movie. Yeah. Or an actually decent dude movie. You, you know they're teaching Portal in universities now in terms of short-form storytelling? Like if you take storytelling classes, they're using Portal as an example. It's the first video game that's ever been, been taught in a university. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great though. The little fucking ball that floats around. Yeah. And th- that's a big part of the <laughs> class. It looks actually. just like our microphone. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, they, they try to make you... Or no, it's the friend cube. They try to make you develop an emotional attachment to the friend cube even though it's not alive. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of do too. Oh yeah, I felt terrible when you Num- had to sacrifice Number that, two though. is good too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love the game. The director doesn't have much credits, but... It was enough for me to pull the trigger on the movie. I actually watched the movie because of the Portal short movie. Okay. When I researched it, I'm like, oh, what is it about? Who knows? You know, I saw the previews. It looked kind of decent, but I'm like, they're putting. There's no way it's good. Mm-hmm. When I saw the previews, I'm like, it actually makes me want to watch it. Took my son to see Deadpool. It was in the previews. Right. I remember I'm that. like, I, I want to see this, but it says Cloverfield. I don't know how I feel about that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Goodman's enough to get me to watch anything. Okay. So in the first 15 minutes, I realized I really like this movie. Okay. John Goodman delivers a hell of a performance. Winstead and Goodman both nail their parts. There's a few problems. For one, the other guy, John Gallagher Jr., the other guy involved in this story, there's three characters, mm-hmm. it's pretty unbelievable. Does he uh, Does he smack watermelons with a hammer? He does. Is he that Gallagher? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Gallagher. <laughs> so, he takes me out of the movie at parts because he's so bad. Ah, oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Another problem for me, it's... Kind of super predictable. Okay. Plot with its twists and turns, kind of telegraph it. Okay. You know, he really telegraphed that one. They they, they tap the shoulder before they throw the clothesline. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) pretty much, yeah. So, as it went from being really good to really corny, I've never been so back and forth on the movie so much as I was on this for a 10 minute period. There's a 10 minute stretch of this movie where I'm like, Oh, this is cool. This is fucking bullshit. This is cool. This is bullshit. Ah, my head almost exploded. <laughs> I felt like I was playing Pong with my brain. It's all scanners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's polarizing. Some will love it. Some will hate it. Okay. You might like it. Give it a chance. I'm not telling people not to watch this movie. It's not the worst movie ever. It split me down the middle. I'm giving it five. Okay. Five. You know what we talked about. You're getting the Q-tip in your day. Right. We talked about Stanley Kubrick. Okay. I'm going to give it five Q-dicks. <laughs> <laughs> a, 
I like that. <laughs> and we just said that, hey, you know what? For our rating system, we're going to kind of stay away from like penis-related things. <laughs> no, but I'm giving not. it five cuticks. No, we're not. <laughs> if it's not, if there's not dick jokes, it's not postmortem. We should just change this show to postmortem and dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Jones and the Penis Brigade. <laughs> That's a good band name. <laughs> All right, what you got this week? So my movie review for my bad movie is a uh, 2012 supernatural thriller slasher movie directed by Michael A. Nichols called Playback. I have not heard of it. Features a bunch of no-name TV actors, plus Christian Slater as a pervy cop. Christian Slater is terrible these days. He, he plays a pervy cop who beats off to underage porn and creeps on high school girls. Wow. Yeah. And he, he, he seems like he would be very convincing in that role. Yeah, he, he was like the man <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah, True Romance is Yeah, True awesome. Romance is great. Heather's is great. Like, Pump of the Volume is great. All, he did so many fucking great movies. And how far he's fallen. He's it's like the drugs. Yeah. He, it is the drugs. He's <laughs> like just slightly one step above where Val Kilmer is now. Val Kilmer looks terrible. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> And, he's uh, no one's Huckleberry these no, days. No, no, he's not. He's <laughs> <laughs> bad. So this movie had a, had a very strong opening. Um, it looks like it's about to be a, a found footage film. And then mercifully it's not. It starts out in the video camera and then it backs out of the video camera and actually becomes a real movie. So like, at first I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be okay. This is going to be alright. And almost all practical gore. Which was really cool. Very... Uh, is it well done? The, the gore? gore? The, the gore is well done. And in the first ten minutes, there's a murder-suicide a, you know, murder scene, suicide by cop scene. And it's fine and brutal, like he's beating the fuck out of his sister and doing all this crazy shit. And then he decides he, you know, the cops show up and he decides he still needs to kill his sister for whatever reason. <laughs> he does this, like, Superman jump off the porch with a butcher knife. And makes this yeah sound as he's going, <laughs> and like is flying through the air in slow motion, and then lands on the ground, getting shot by the cops as he's falling, and then like lands on the ground and plunges the knife into his sister's chest. And all of a sudden, the movie goes from promising to retarded in like three seconds. <laughs> Just a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and when the cops show up, he makes a sound like <laughs> like an angry Marge Simpson sound. <laughs> but that's just the opening. Um, then it cuts to the main story. And basically, the story of this movie is that there's a ghost who possesses people through video cameras and enslaves teenagers to do his bidding while a young documentarian tries to unravel a 15-year-old murder mystery. The main cast is clearly in their late 20s, which, you know, that happens in, in slasher movies. Like, Especially when you have a low budget. Yeah, they're supposed to be teenagers, yeah. but like... They're, they're all in their 20s, which I can forgive, except it becomes even more painfully obvious in the school scenes where the actors are in class with actual teenagers. You know, what's, you know what I really, really liked, though? Huh. When they did that in Walk Hard with Dewey Cox? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm only 13 years old. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's, it's referential on that. But, like, <laughs> in, in this one, like, they're in class with actual 15-year-olds. And so it just looks like they're the super, super duper seniors who have been yeah. seniors for 30 years or something. <laughs> like Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Don't make fun of me for getting held back. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a character that they describe as a creepy old dude who drives a windowless van. And he's clearly as old as the rest of them. <laughs> like, just make them college students for yeah. fuck's sake. And then, later in the movie, there's a senile old man character who's played by an actor who's probably in his 40s. 
and they just put some gray in his hair. I bet that they're gonna. <laughs> That's funny. I, I bet that in the future, where we're gonna be headed to is they're gonna CGI the actors to look younger. <laughs> Probably. That would not surprise me. So this movie has terrible dialogue. It's another one of those movies where there's no likable characters and everyone's just sarcastic for the sake it of needs sarcasm. To stop. It needs to yeah. stop. Nobody likes each other. Anything that resembles an interesting story in the movie is buried by the same old tired teen movie tropes. And there's a simple principle in movies. Show, don't tell. You know, when something's happening, show it. Don't just have someone explain it through exposition in movies. That's a sign that you don't have enough budget to make a good movie. Or that you're an amateur writer. Um, This movie tries to explain way too much in the crappy dialogue instead of letting stuff unfold. And there's, like, this character in it who's the video store owner, and he's only in it for one scene, and he's a black guy in a wheelchair who apparently is God and knows everything that's happening in the movie and just explains the entire story of the movie in one monologue. This sounds like a horrendous pile of shit. Yeah. There's a character, or or not a character in the movie, but someone that they reference in the movie named Louis Le Prince, who uh, allegedly is the actual inventor of cinema and he invented video cameras to steal people's souls. And they literally go, Louis Le Prince, you know, like Lucifer Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Like that's how they that's how they try to explain it. It's written for the absolute lowest common denominator. The movie is an hour and twenty minutes long and feels like it's three days long. <laughs> it plays out like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, but like not even a good one. Are you Are You Afraid of the Dark is awesome. Man. There were some stinker episodes on that show too, and it plays out like something worse than one of their stinker episodes. <laughs> I went back and watched all of those uh, episodes last September. Yeah, I started showing them to Kaylee too, yeah. and she was like probably like three and a half because she, she started watching Goosebumps. Right, she loves that. Yeah, so you need to show her where it came Sponge. from. Sponge. Christian Slater is in the movie for maybe 10 minutes, even though he's featured prominently on all the promotional oh, stuff. Oh, God, I and they, that. they make him look like he's a concerned hero on the movie box, quote-unquote. This is on Netflix. <laughs> and and the then movie. he's beaten off to teen porn and trying to seduce teenage girls. <laughs> this, this movie is so bad that Netflix crashed twice while I was watching it. <laughs> and, according to Movie Line, it was the lowest-grossing movie of 2012, making a whopping total of $264 in the theater. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know what? It's like Netflix, you know, when I'm watching Breaking Bad for 12 episodes straight, it's like, are you still watching? And you have to click that yeah. thing. And then that movie's playing, and then twice in the movie, it's like, don't watch this. Yeah. <laughs> why, why are you still watching? <laughs> so, I'm going to give this movie one point for decent, mostly practical gore. I'm going to give it half a point for not being found footage. And I'm going to give it half a point because I feel sorry for it, and picking on it feels like picking on a retarded kid who can't defend himself. That's terrible. For a total 2 out of 10 cube dicks. <laughs> cube dicks. Cube dicks. <laughs> cube dick is different. <laughs> yeah. That's, that hurts when it goes in. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> it's a two, 2 out of 10 cube dicks for playback. Don't watch this movie. Just do yourself a favor. If you're so bored that you have to watch playback on Netflix, just 
Like, go for a walk in the woods or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? Do something productive. Go outside. <laughs> Even if it's 1130 at night. Like, go, <laughs> fe- go feed the homeless. <laughs> if you're... If you're trolling, Wake them up and feed yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trolling through Netflix and you see playback and you're like, I think I'm going to check this movie out. Don't. Go walk your neighbor's dog or go volunteer <laughs> go somewhere. Go steal your neighbor's dog <laughs> yeah. and walk it and then yeah. return it. Exactly. With a note. The uh, perfect crime. <laughs> a post-it note on his collar saying, walk your dog, dude. <laughs> All right, well, two out of ten doesn't deserve the sound effect. I'm saying no. one or below yeah, the sound that's effect. one or below. So. Yep. All right. If so it was digital gore, it would have been a one. Now we're going to go to the good movie. All right. Have you heard of a little movie just came out the other day? It came out on the 6th, I believe. It's called Bite. You heard of Bite? Bite? No. Bite. Is it a vampire movie? No, it is not. Oh. When I saw the name Bite, I'm like, ah, I don't want to watch no more vampires. Not a vampire movie. Nice. 2015? Written and directed by Chad Archibald. Archibald? Archie. Chad Archie. <laughs> My friend, Chad Archie. Chad Archie. Starring Emma Bigovic as Casey. It's available now on demand or DVD. While on her bachelorette party getaway, Casey gets a seemingly harmless bite from an unknown insect. After returning home with cold feet about the wedding... She tries to call it off, but before she's able to, she starts exhibiting insect-like traits. Oh, is it body horror? Yes, it is. Nice. Between her physical transformation and her wedding anxiety, she succumbs to her new instincts and begins creating a hive that not only houses her translucent eggs, but feeds on the flesh of others. Wow, this is some Cronenberg shit. As her transformation becomes complete, Casey discovers that everything can change. With a single bite, <laughs> it's like it's like Cronenberg meets Kafka. That I stole that description from a user on IMDb. Okay. I wrote up that pretty sweet. Everything it's, can change. It's with a, a good synopsis, bite. yeah. Yeah. So after reading the synopsis, I was excited. Just like you, I said, "Oh, sounds like the Fly. Sounds right. like some Cronenberg. I love some body hoarder. You know, physical, mental breakdown. Those are my two favorite things. Oh yeah, in a movie. It's kind of like Starry Eyes. Yeah, that movie's a great example yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I turn it on with high hopes and realize at the beginning, it's found footage. Yeah. Starts off with a bunch of girls out of the country, partying and swimming. She gets bitten and says, oh, it's okay. Just a little bite. Then it shows, you know how Sam Raimi does with like Evil Dead and Drag Me to Hell? It's the title all big with this, an insidious, the yeah. big old fucking uh, title yeah, with the, the dramatic the, music. Uh, uh, last, or Cabin in the Woods is yeah. the same way. Ah! Yeah. You know, it's like that. It says, bite! Right after she says, it's just a little bite. And I was like, I started laughing. And then after the opening, it's no longer found footage. Woo-hoo! Yes! I've got a, got a mosquito bite on my elbow right Uh-oh. now. You're talking about it. It's making me scratch it. <laughs> so after that, it's no longer found footage. Okay, made me happy. Spends a little time developing something that doesn't need to happen. The subplot of that she doesn't want kids. The fiance does want kids. You know, then this whole thing of like that's one of the reasons she's getting cold feet. It's funny because she ends up laying a bunch of fucking eggs. Right. Shit, you know? <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. So she doesn't want kids. So So the fiance buys a high chair. Her. It's so like at first I was like, oh fuck, this is gonna suck. She buys a high chair. Puts one of her insect eggs in the high chair. (laughs) No, the high chair is never seen again after he gives her a fucking present of a high chair. It's just like this is so in your face. Like he wants kids, she doesn't. Right. What's gonna happen? Oh no, no, (laughs) this isn't gonna be pretty, folks. (laughs) (laughs) He fucks off somewhere. 
She takes a bath and realizes there's a strange rash spreading on her from the bite. The acting is pretty bad. Okay. But the sound design is great. I know you're a sound guy. Oh, yeah. Big time. The sound design in this movie, it's good. It sets the mood. Okay. I don't know how high I would rate this. I would still like it because of the body horror and the effects are really good. But the sound design made it for me. Okay. Does the the rash, perchance, have like a chewing sound attached to it? No. Okay. (laughs) That'd be funny, though. Uh, Do do you know about butt flies? Oh, yeah. Like the... Cannibal flies? Yeah. When I was not in, cannibal, but flesh When I was in Seattle, I, I met a girl who went down to Ecuador when she was in the Peace Corps. Uh-huh. And she had she had bot flies in her legs. And she said that the whole time that the bot fly was in there, it sounded like in her ears, like someone was constantly chewing in her ear. And they, because the, med- the medical service there sucked so bad, they had to get her drunk on um, chicha, which is like this alcohol made out of human spit that gets you really fucked up. Uh, yeah. uh, that's disgusting. And then cut it out of her leg with a heated knife. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Brutal. Well, <laughs> don't go to Ecuador, folks. Yeah. You heard it here on Postmortem First. No Ecuador. <laughs> so, quarter of the way in, I was pretty disappointed. Okay. After that synopsis, I was expecting something great, you know? Quarter way in, pretty disappointed. By halfway in, I was in. Okay. Halfway through the movie, it, it takes itself. Up. It did. It's a great body horror transformation movie. It reminds me of a combination of The Fly and... And what that shitty Spring movie was supposed to be. Remember I reviewed yeah. that movie Spring? Because yeah. it's kind of like a love story and she transforms and stuff like that. And this kind of has that too, but right. stuff actually happens. Okay. There's more than just a tentacle scene. Yeah. It's super disgusting. Okay. Cool. I'm down with that. A lot of puking, melting, fucking disgusting eggs, acidics. Where, where do the eggs come out of her from? You know, it doesn't actually show it, though. Oh, okay. The, the eggs aren't shown. It doesn't show her giving birth. It's just like she wakes up and there's eggs all around her and stuff. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, and then I, I I believe it doesn't show it, yeah. But it's still okay, though. Okay. I love it that it's all practical effects. Nice. That's what we need. Yes. There's a. It's all practical effects as far as the gore, the transformation and stuff. There's one little scene where there's some insects... CGI, CGI insects, insects. Uh, you know, because whatever. That's almost as bad as CG fire. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> the CGI ants in fucking Green Inferno, it's almost as bad as that. Okay, but there, I forgave it. Because there was some pretty C- shitty C- CGI. I think there were locusts yeah. in the, the last movie that I, bad movie that I reviewed. <laughs> it was pretty awful. Well, I like it. Okay. IMDb is only giving it a 5.2. If you get through the first half, you see the second half, you'll like it more than that. Okay. I give it a 7.7. Cutix. Cutix. Stanley Cutix. Stanley Cutix. <laughs> Stanley Cutix and the Butch Lesbian and it's like Mullet a, Heads. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's a great band name. Stanley Cutix. <laughs> and it's like Q, like Q-tip. Right. Stanley yeah. Cutix. Q-dash-dick. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I'll, I, I will be checking that out. That I'll, might be our worst rating system ever on, upon further review. <laughs> it, does, it, it did bear some explaining, and usually if you have to explain the joke. <laughs> but, you know. All right, give me your good movie. My good movie is uh, a movie that I've seen actually a number of times. It's uh, one of my standbys that I keep going back to. Yeah. And it just keeps staying good. Yeah, as long as the people want to know about it, it's great yeah. to bring them back up. It's a uh, 2001 mystical horror movie directed by Jeremy Caston, who also directed the Wizard of Gore remake with Crispin Glover that was actually decent. And the, and the Suicide Girls. Yeah. 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 And uh, it stars Andrus Jones from Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Seth Green, Jeff, and Jeffrey Combs. With an appearance by Jeffrey Alice, Combs? Yeah. With appearances by Alice Cooper and Ted Raimi. 
little movie called The Attic Expeditions. Oh, you know what? I did see this. Yeah? I remember nothing, but I remember being disappointed. Really? Well, I'm, I'm going to go into but it. But I was young. Yeah. I saw it when it first came out. Was it 2001, you said? Yeah, 2001. So I, I, was, I graduated high school in 2003. Jesus. So... I was I was already twenty one and like I was like sixteen. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> You're not so old. Dude. All right. So the story of the attic expedition is that Trevor Blackburn is an institutionalized man who can't remember his past. His psychologist, Doctor Eck, played by uh, Jeffrey Combs, sends him to live in a halfway house to hopefully uncover his lost memories. Strange things start to happen in the house, which jog Trevor's memories and uncover a past steeped in black magic, box rituals, and murder. Every actor in this movie is good. Uh, Je- Jeffrey Combs plays an insane doctor. Go figure. Yeah. Um, but he does it very, very subtly. You don't know that the doctor's crazy at first. And he just gradually starts going, like, just unveiling layers of his insanity. And during the whole process, Ted Raimi is the poor student physician who is trying to learn from this crazy doctor, getting wrapped up in the doctor's madness. And you just feel so sorry for him the whole time. By the time that, like... Dr. X madness like reaches its crescendo. You just want to go in there and like rescue poor Ted Raimi. Yeah. Um, and, and so he's very sympathetic. Um, Seth Green plays essentially three different characters in the movie. He plays an insane person. He plays a normal person who was pretending to be an insane person. He plays a possessed person. And when he's possessed, he's playing a woman. He doesn't really? change costume the entire movie, but each character is completely distinct. So should I rewatch this then? I think you so. You think I'd like it? I think so. I love Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. You know what? I I do not like Seth Green as an actor. Really? I like him as a person. Like I like like his creativity and uh, the, you know his comedy and, and, and all that. Watching all that stuff is cool, you know. But uh, I don't really like him as an actor too I, much. I hadn't really seen anything with him before I saw. He um, plays the same character every time. You know? Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't in this though, and he was actually brought in by Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs saw him do something and said, "I want this kid in this movie," and. He's like I said. He plays three very distinct characters. His normal guy character is basically Seth Green. Yeah. But then his crazy guy character is different. And when he plays the woman, you feel like you're watching a woman, but it's Seth Green. Okay. It's it's. Pretty, I'll, I'll check it out. It's again. Pretty I'll impressive. Give it another shot. I will check it out and I will report back. Yeah. Actually, I have the DVD. I have okay. it. Yeah. So do I, I just haven't watched it for like a long yeah. time. I just have to track it down. It's in my pile of shit. It's a pile of shit. <laughs> shit um, Andrus Jones plays Trevor, uh, and he's a guy that like you can sympathize with him, even though like as they start uncovering his past and realize and you realize that he's done some fucked up stuff and he's forced to do future fucked up things. Like you're still like, oh, I kind of feel bad for this guy. Like he's he's in a real shitty situation. Um, there's not a lot of gore in this movie. Uh, it's more about setting and mood. Yeah, that's that's what I remember. Not a lot happening. Yeah. And them. It's almost like. Uh, they're hallucinating or something. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's basically like, I, and this may be the reason that I like it so much as a psychology student. But it's basically psych. You think I'm stupid? You <laughs> should understand, ZD, <laughs> you dumbass. Yeah, yeah. You watch your animator and see some titties. You, 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 and don't, you don't get it, you titty looker. <laughs> There's some titties in this movie, though. Um, but this movie is basically Psych 101 <laughs> and Talister Crowley meets HP Lovecraft. Okay. And uh, I will be checking it out again because, especially if, when you say H.P. Lovecraft, Aleister Crowley, yeah. and Jeffrey Combs, yeah. 
And it's it's got good direction. It's got good cinematography. It is a slow burn, burn story. And it was one of the director's early efforts. IMDb says it's his first movie, but um, Wikipedia... Sorry, Wikipedia says it's his first movie, but IMDb says otherwise. So it does suffer I think from... we should call it Wikipedia from now on. <laughs> Wikipedia, you, w- just, you w- said. Wikipedia. <laughs> no. We'll not say Wikipedia. No Wikipedia. No Wikipedia. Wikipedia, no, Wikipedia we're not, is already a website. We're not, we're not the Star Wars show. We're not. We're not the sci-fi show. No. The postmortem show. I do like Starship Troopers a lot, though. Way more than I should. Starship Troopers is a great you movie. You get like a 9.5 in the JD scale. Oh, yeah. Fucking great movie. <laughs> Fantastic movie. Rainbugs. Um, Tensions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the story for the Attic Expeditions is told out of sequence, and there's a lot of hallucinations and stuff like that, so like it can be a little bit disorienting the first couple of times you watch it. Plus, they do that whole magical realism thing where you've got the real world, and suddenly something mystical is introduced to it, and it just kind of like turns everything on its ear. Um, so it is one of those movies where you do have to watch it a couple times and like I go back to it every year or two and I always find something new every time I watch it there's a lot of stuff buried in it who is the director? Uh, Jeremy Caston okay yeah (laughs) he had a thoughtful expression on his face Um, if and another thing about like magical realism stories is there has to be a level of suspension of disbelief yeah, but I once you can get past that and realize that it's it's not silly, it's just a good story. Like once you get past the improbability and take it for what it's worth, it, it is a good story. So I'm going to give it seven and a half. Okay, Q-dicks. <laughs> Out of you got to put the Stanley on there. Stanley Q-dicks. <laughs> Q-dizzle. Stan- Stanley Q-dick and the mullet lesbian. <laughs> what, what did you call it? What was it? Uh, Stanley Q-dick and the. The Butch Lesbian Mullet Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there, bro. All right. So it's the new Grindcore band. Right there. <laughs> so that's the good movie, the bad movie. Yeah. Eh, seemed, kind of seemed like both of our good movies weren't the best this, this week, but... Bad movie was a stinker. <laughs> the bad, your bad movie was a stinker. Mine was, eh. I give it a five. I mean, yeah. kind of middle of the road, right. but definitely could have been. They If there were some minor tweaks in 10 Cloverfield Lane... It would have been a great movie. Okay. That's kind of that's frustrating. It is. Yeah. It is, because I'm like, oh, what did you have to go and do that for? What did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> Why are you misusing King Ralph? <laughs> All right. We will be back. You know what, though? I got to say, I'm a little bit sad about this commercial break, because this is the first time in a couple of weeks that we're not going to have the same oh, yeah. commercial. That's true. Yeah, the show's, the show's happening on Sunday. So we're going to bring you a brand new commercial right now. Yeah. Brand new I don't know what it's Hot for. Hot presses. We got to make something up. Well, yeah, we pre-record, so yeah. we have to decide on a commercial and edit all this right now out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back after a quick word from our new sponsor Some. here on Postmortem with the top five visions of hell. Hell. That's got to be time. Hi. It's us. We're not a sponsor. We have no sponsor this week, so we're self-sponsoring. We're, we're masturbating ourselves all over your ears. We're coming in your ear pussy, sponsoring off. <laughs> so, there's something really important we need to talk about, and it's puppies. It's not puppies. Look, we're going to keep this to a minimum. Okay. This is a short commercial. Tangent commercials. No tangent Do you, in the commercial. You know about tangents. So, we need your help. We need you to rate us, review us, and share this podcast with your friends. If you listen your enemies. Share it with your enemies. Yeah, share, share it with people you hate. Punish them yeah. with our voices. Wow. Make, them, make them listen to it. Yeah. And also, 
give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher. Subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, YouTube. Like it on YouTube. SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter. We only have like three Twitter followers right now. Because we don't ever have a tweet. What what matters most is getting this out into more ear holes. We need your help for that. Letting people know about it. Letting people know about it. So also if you're our, our friend or our follower on the Facebook there, make sure you click the notifications. Get first because we're not going to pay for those ads so you see everything. You got to... You gotta work for it. Yeah, click share. We give you this shit for free. And if you want to hear more about Doug Jones, because really that's what this is all about, yeah. <laughs> click that share. <laughs> Alright, well this has went on for way too long. And we appreciate you listening to Postmortem. Why well, we're back! On Postmortem. You ready to raise some hell? I'm ready to raise hell. Raise some oh, hell. hell yeah! Raise some heck. <laughs> H-E double hockey sticks <laughs> So The Underworld Hell In cinema Not just in horror In cinema In cinema Like in we general. said This is a category that is Very narrowly defined mm-hmm. We opened it up a little yeah, bit It's broad And so we hope it will be more entertaining that way Yeah Give people some movies to watch yeah, it's uh, while I was doing this list the whole time I had that that song from the '90s stuck in my head that swing song by the Squirrel Nut Zippers called "Hell in the Afterlife." You will be headed for the serious drive. <laughs> I've been singing that ever since. <laughs> I just listened to this song right here. You're gonna burn in hell. I went first with a bad movie. Why don't you give me your number five? All right, my number five is from a movie that I view as a highly underrated horror comedy. From the 1980s, called House. Oh yeah, great House has hell in it. House is hell. Really? The whole movie, like maybe I didn't get that. (laughs) As opposed, I love House. It's got fucking Bull from Night Court as a (laughs) Vietnam era zombie, Richard Mull. I love House. Yeah, it is so fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it is super entertaining. But at the same time, like some scary concepts going on in that movie. On top of. Of the, the Indian bagel, yeah, the ridiculous such. comedy that happens in it, and it's got fucking Norm from Cheers in it. Yeah, and uh, have you seen the Masters of Horror with Norm from Cheers? In no, it? no, it's called Family. Okay, it's awesome. Is he? Is he? That guy still alive? No, no, he passed away. Okay, no, I, I don't know. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I wonder <laughs> what he's been up to recently. Did you ever see, <laughs> Did you see House Two? Yeah, it's not as good as But there, there is one excellent part in that movie that has Cliff from Cheers, where he <laughs> plays the electrician that discovers alternate universes in people's walls. Yeah, House 2 kind of went out there for me. Yeah. But House um, 1, pretty good. Yeah. And, and House 1, I view this movie entirely as a depiction of hell. But not hell being a place that you go where you die, so much as a place that you get stuck in when you can't move on from old memories. Um there's the whole like Vietnam subplot and the haunted house subplot and all that, but what it really is is this guy being stuck in his own personal hell because of the loss of his son. Yeah, though he's able to escape it. The entire movie is just a psychological metaphor for hell, and and hell being a place of punishment. This was like a place of self punishment for him. All right, well, I'll let it pass. I went really literal. Okay, this. I, I'll I, let that pass. I kind of didn't. So yeah, but, well, it's good. Yeah. You know, my number five. I mean. Probably should not go this recent of a of a movie mm-hmm. or recent of as we talked about it, but Baskin. Oh yeah, five sure. cops go to hell. Fucking a, and it's a great hell. It's a really good hell, full yeah. of keyholes. Yeah, and deformed little men 
with thumbs up and sunglasses. And it's a hell of flesh and and, and women in goat suits. And humping. Yeah. It's such a great scene. I, I fucking love Baskin. If you guys didn't listen to our other episode where I reviewed Baskin, check that fucker out. Yeah, it is I, one of the best horror movies in years. And I wouldn't put something so recent to memory on the list other than it's a movie about people going to hell. That's what it's about. Yeah. And it's from Turkey, and it's great. At the end, you'll understand what I mean. Yeah, so I, I fully, I fully back everything that JD says about this movie. All right, what's your number four? Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. But that's not a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. Well, that's my number two, so we're gonna have to wait to talk okay. about it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we will have some crossover. Yeah, because yeah for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll wait till we get to your number two. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey better than Excellent Adventure. Yeah, I you know I like them both in different ways. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is so fucking out there. It's and it's dark. God, yeah. it's dark. It is. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get back. They to die. It. Yeah, they, they killed by evil robots. Yeah. In the we'll get back to that. Full on robot too. chubby. <laughs> I get a full on robot chubby, 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 chug my chubby. <laughs> okay, my number four. Event Horizon. That's my number three. So let's talk about it. <laughs> okay Event Horizon although the glimpses of hell are minimal as far as the actual hell yeah hell is on this ship where we're going you don't need eyes to see <laughs> that's the best movie quote ever yeah I, where we're going you don't need eyes yeah. to see Paul W.S. Anderson went on to make some pretty shitty movies but goddamn, Event Horizon is a good movie fuck yeah it's one of my favorite movies it's in my top 20 I think yeah, in our I, upcoming I, top 100 it's in my top 20 oh, it's absolutely mine I saw it in the theater several times because I worked at a movie theater when it came out yeah and I would just go and watch it on my lunch break and like eat popcorn and hot dogs yeah, and there's one part of Event Horizon that takes me out, like, and I've always thought it was silly, even when I was a little kid, because I saw it, it was like 94 or something. 94, right? 95, yeah. Yeah, so I was like 10 years old. I was like 10 years old. I love that fucker. I watched it. I dubbed the tape and I watched it till the actual VHS tape wouldn't work. Wow. I watched it so many times. Yeah, I, I probably watch and, it once or twice a year still. The, yeah, I watch it too. Yeah, I, I tried to show it to my kids and they did not, or to David, and uh-huh. he, he did not, uh, he didn't want to watch it. Huh. I think because he was scared. Right. It's it's got some dark bitch. <laughs> it's got that early crappy CG going on too. So maybe yeah, that that's, took him out that's of it, true. But. No, I think he, he just actually was a little bit scared. But there's the one part that takes me out. It's when he sees the girl with no eyes, his wife. Yeah. You know, and he goes, <laughs> He does that one scream. Yeah. And it's so terrible. <laughs> pretty melodramatic <laughs> it's pretty bad yeah yeah <laughs> but on the whole just all the characters are good you care about everyone Lawrence Fishburne's great Fucking yeah Jack Noseworthy whatever happened to that guy yeah yeah Dude. he's good yeah. yeah he's very good in this and um good old fishy yeah fishy Fishburne <laughs> great, great great movie very like a lot of people talk shit about this movie and I just want to punch him in the mouth because if I ever heard anybody talk yeah. shit about Event Horizon I would tell him you sir you do not know what you're talking about. <laughs> you do not know anything about cinema. You, sir, are a nincompoop. You are a nincompoop. Good day to you. Good day, sir. Good day. Tip your top hat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, I'm a big fan of, of sci-fi horror crossover in general. Aliens, anything. like. Yeah, Alien is one of my top... It's one of my top ten. I think it's one of my top five. Yeah, yeah it's definitely up there. Uh, and and space is just such an isolating environment. And then you and it's terrifying. Our, yeah, space is terrifying. I'm taking astronomy right now. 
Space is scary as hell. It is. And, because uh, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Up here, no one can hear you scream. No one can hear you scream. And I <laughs> love the idea that black holes lead to hell. Yeah. That's just such a cool thing because nobody knows where a black hole goes. Why yeah. not go to hell? Uh, you know, I'm probably going to watch that tonight. At, well, I probably won't because I'll be playing Doom until uh, about 6 in the morning. Which is which is hell in space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Doom came out today, May 13th. Friday the 13th. That's right. Mark, mark your calendar. Should have been on my news, but I've been playing a lot of Doom. Right. Uh, I watched a little bit of it. It was, it was very cool. It is pretty awesome. I, I like the smashing of the faces with the big metal fist. Yes. <laughs> so, Van Horizon is our number 4-3. Yeah. <laughs> three, uh, number 3.5, Rent Horizon. What's your number 3? My number 3? Hellraiser 2. Okay, that's on my honorable mentions. Yeah, Hellraiser 2, that fucking labyrinth. Yeah. That's it's, very, it's very minimalist and it's very abstract, yeah. but it's very fucking cool. When you watch it back, the effects of the thing chasing them with the scorpion tail, you could say it's kind of hokey at, at today's graphic standards. Oh, for sure. But it's still, I still think stop motion animation is more terrifying than CGI. Yeah, because it has that weird ethereal quality to it where it's kind of jerky yeah. and not right. Yeah. Like, like the fucking dogs in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like Jacob's Ladder, you know how they, mm-hmm. you know, and even Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Silent Hill, the movie is awesome. Great number movie. two, terrible. It didn't, it didn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a Silent Hill movie. It's fucking, it's but fucking Twilight Hill. We, we all know Hellraiser. It's, it's probably the most obvious thing to pull from. For that's this why, list. I, that's why it was on my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. but I, I love it. Oh yeah, and great I, I, I cannot let it go without saying Hellraiser two. Right. So. Your number two. Funny was, that you mentioned Jacob's Ladder. Because Jacob's Ladder is my number two. All right. Uh, Jacob's Ladder, the whole film is basically hell, obviously. And it's 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 creepy, and it's another one of those, like, it's it's hell, but hell exists in the mind. Yeah, you know? and it's a great fucking twist. Yeah, great when, twist. Don't give it away. No. Some people haven't seen it, probably. Which is uh, shocking to me, because it's so classic. And it's by the director of Fatal Attraction. That's right. <laughs> Looking at the Adrian Lim. <laughs> the most frightening thing about Jacob, Jacob Singer's Nightmare is that he isn't dreaming. Dun, dun, dun. I read that from the poster. Yeah, I, I, I love Danny Aiello as the chiropractor who, who yeah, he knows did great. everything. Don't touch him! Don't you touch him! Yeah. <laughs> but what is this, the 1500s? What, what really, really got me in Jacob's Ladder is the hospital scene. And yeah. I think, I, I don't even think, I know for a fact that we would not have Silent Hill if it was not for that hospital scene. He is such a great actor. Yeah. Because when he goes into the fucking ice, yeah, in his face, yeah, yeah. he's really got ice on him. Too. Oh yeah, you know it's it's fucking. He's a great actor. Yeah, great movie, great actor, very 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 influential movie. Uh, I, I say this a lot, but Silent Hill kind of informs a lot of, of my evaluation of media. I tend to look at movies and say like this movie is set in Silent Hill, because you know, Silent Hill is based. Silent Hill is hell, and Silent Hill is a place of punishment, and Silent Hill evolves to the psyche of whoever's there to be punished and all of that came from Jacob's Ladder yeah uh, well, plus yeah. The, the rusted metal and the grates and the shaking faces and not just that it's the shaking faces so it's in you can't escape horror without seeing that shit yeah it's in a lot of movies yeah. now and that but, was one of the first ones it you started really with this yeah yeah so that's a great number two 
Alright, my number two, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Alright, let's talk about Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. The fucking grandma. Yeah, <laughs> you used her for the uh, the SoundCloud thing. I did, I used I... her for the SoundCloud uh, image for the uh, rabid grannies, or elderly characters last yep, week. The gruesome grannies. Gruesome grannies, and the fucking ape pants, or whatever Primate pants of doom. <laughs> Primate pants of doom. <laughs> And then the fucking drill instructor and the devil. The drill instructor has my favorite quotes in that you're movie. You're so dumb, cause he's so bad. <laughs> the, the the drill instructor, you're silky boys. You know where silk comes from? The, the butts of Chinese, Chinese worms. worms. <laughs> Drop and give me infinity. <laughs> yeah, fucking he's such a great asshole. And it's so great they got that same guy from the first one for that. Yeah. Movie. Just, you know, just that it really it tied the two together more than anything else other than their names and Wild yeah. Salians, you know. Yeah. And fuck. And, and they keep coming back. And I like the thing where uh, it's different colors. Different area have a different yeah. color on them. And it's kind of like Tim Burton-esque. Like, when it, with the way that the uh, drill instructor, like, his little camp thing is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's training, like the elongated tunnel. Elongating, the, yeah, yeah, tunnel. And, like, the way the beds are shaped and shit. Yeah. And then that... Like scene where all the four things that have been terrorizing them are coming from different directions. And in the, in those those tunnels, those tunnels are yeah. all metal and kind of orange, and yeah. it's just good filmmaking. You'll sunk by better shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever hear the soundtrack to that movie? Yeah, I, actually, I had it yeah. on VHS or not VHS cassette tape. It was the first CD I ever owned. It was, dude. I had it on cassette tape. Nice. I used to listen to it on my way to elementary school. Nice. Yeah, I, I think I was in junior high at that point, but yeah, it was the first CD I ever had, and I used to listen to it on like the disc man that didn't have shock protection, so it yeah. would skip every time you took yeah. a step. But that very last track that's all guitar with just the samples from the movie all yeah. through it. That's ah. awesome. If we yeah. can track that down, we'll put it in and post at yeah. the very end of this episode after yeah. we're all done. Let's put that yeah, in. If, if we sure. can track it down, but I don't know if we can. Yeah, and that has a, a uh, soundtrack actually has my favorite Faith No More song. I'm a big Faith No More fan. Yeah. And uh, The Perfect Crime fucking great song yeah and is that the one where they're in the van yeah <laughs> I don't know what it says I just it, remember that it's, yeah. my, it's Michael Patton Michael Patton with his nasal voice <laughs> alright what's your station. number one station station my number one is a movie that I've talked about on the show before I okay. think I even I think I reviewed it actually but my favorite depiction of hell is Takashi Miike's Takashi Mike's Izo <laughs> Izo Takashi Michael yeah. Or Buddy Mike. Takashi Michelle. Uh, <laughs> in France. Yeah. Izo's, enti- the entire movie is a glimpse of hell. And it's built around external suffering plus psychological torture. Uh, the, the plot of the movie, for those of you that missed my review of it, is a samurai is executed for the crimes of his lord and goes to hell and he's pissed off. And he has to butcher his way through hell to get to the gods. And the Japanese gods are depicted as a corporate board. Um, to get revenge. But as he's butchering his way through hell and the entire history of human violence, he's slowly turning into a demon. And he has to face his own like Freudian inner demons, plus this corporate board of Japanese demons, plus Bob Sapp as a Buddhist priest who's trying to stop him from being Yeah, I remember demon. you talking about this, and I need to watch it. Yeah. I've never seen it. It's, it's a long movie, and... Or maybe but, I have. I can't remember which one. One of the movies you talked about, Takashi Mike. I don't think you've seen Ezo. You've seen Visitor Q. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Visitor Q is kind of a glimpse of hell in and of itself. A lot of Takashi Miike movies are. He plays with that image a lot. But but Ezo is literally this guy is in hell. And Visitor Q will change you. Visitor Q <laughs> fucking changed my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even in death, you they shit need to, on me. They need. 
<laughs> they need to remake Visitor Q. I know I hate the remakes, the Americanized remakes. <laughs> they need to re- remake Visitor Q with Doug Jones playing the, that character, the father. <laughs> In English. That would be funny. Or like if you could... Garden go, of shit! If you could go back and get 90s Jim Carrey when he was still funny. Oh, fuck. That no, movie. that would kill it for me. That would completely ruin Visitor Q. Don't say that. All right, well... Check it out. Easel. a shit detective. Remember? Oh, I remember you said, like, I said, that sounds like something, like, vegetarians would eat, like me. And you're like, no, it means go ahead. Oh, that's Gozu. <laughs> Gozu, yeah. Oh, no, Gozu. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number one. I've been teasing something on this show for a while now. Okay. Teasing something that you gave a bad review to. A movie. I know where you're going now. Actually, that clicked in my brain while I was reviewing this. I'm like, I bet JD liked that movie. <laughs> and I fucking. Loved it. Really? I watched it like seven nights in a row when I went to bed. Jesus. Yeah, I, wa- I watched it and I would fall asleep. So I watched it in sittings. I didn't uh, watch the whole thing. Uh, but I but I'd start it off at the beginning at each time because I love it. Just get a little farther every time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'd like a large pizza, please. We that don't got money. pizza. We only got taco. That, that <laughs> Not was taco, bro. We only got taco. <laughs> the whole movie is hilarious to me. I love it. Okay. Helen Back. Okay. On Netflix, you guys check it out before it goes away. It's a fucking animation movie. Yeah. I liked the animation. I liked the imagery. It's more of a comedy. I, I, I liked that demon. They're just like there's just so much unnecessary shit that I didn't like. I like. I love it. it. The last quarter or the first half is better than the last half. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. That there. is true. Because uh, when I finally did watch it all, it uh, you know when I was actually awake and sober and not. Uh, Falling asleep drunk at night. Right. When I watched the whole sitting, I realized that I had seen all the good stuff already. Okay. You know, and that was in the first half. But that hell with the fucking demon, with his, which is fucking Better Call Saul. Yeah. Is the, is, is the devil. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. fucking funny. The movie had a great cast. That's what sold me on it. It does. It has a great fucking cast. and Maybe I should go back stoned and try and watch it that way. You should. <laughs> you should. I bet you like it more the second time. You know what? Because the first time I watched it, it was your bad movie. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I see it. Maybe I'll watch it too. I'm like, ah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm. But I didn't finish it. I'm like, well, I want to finish it. So I watched it again. The more I saw it, the more I loved it. Okay. Well, maybe so the more, yeah, besides like this last half, you know, with the fucking Ursula kind of character right. and that, eh, take it or leave it. But there's some funny fucking one-liners in there. And hell and back, my number one hell. That's number one hell. Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> of all the hells. It, you know why? Because it's the hell I'd most like to go to. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go to hell anyway. I yeah, don't want to go to this hell. Yeah, that, not, that one doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, not so much the other ones. You know, I don't want to get tortured and ripped apart by hooks. Yeah, just get I'd rather go there and get tacos instead of pizza and <laughs> laugh a little bit and hide. That, that demon... That demon particularly was my favorite thing and his yeah. his little thing during the credits where they kind of extend that scene yeah. that that guy was funny and 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 uh the dynamic between the two friends is funny too one of them is voiced by the guy in Breaking Bad that uh, Badger in yeah. Breaking Bad and the other one's Nick Swartzen and the other one's Nick Swartzen yeah, yeah. I it's, love Nick Swartzen I, I liked their dynamic in the beginning but I didn't like it as it went on like it's, it there it seemed inconsistent yeah i mean it would be the movie would be better if it was the first half and then it just restarted and played the first half again, right? Then I would like it better. It's not a great movie, but I don't think it's it has definitely worth watching. It's not a bad movie. You say it's a bad movie of the week for you. I would never say it's a bad movie of the week. I 
I would give Helen back in the rating system in the fucking top five <laughs> for a tangent like that. I would give it a solid seven point five. Okay, well, I'll rewatch it, see what I think. I, yeah, it's, I, I feel like it didn't have a script; it had an outline, and they improvised everything yeah. else, and that only works for so long. Yeah, unless you got like Robert Downey Jr. or something yeah. like that. I, I like the premise; I, it, it cracked me up. So, anyways, that's that's enough of that. Okay, you give it enough press. Let's uh, let's read Nathan's before we do the honorable mentions. Okay, so this list, as you know, like we said at the beginning of the episode, was sent to us by the son of celluloid, Nathan Hamilton. The mad scientist of ultraviolence. The mad scientist of ultraviolence and the co-host of the Picking Brains podcast. So he says, Greetings, gentlemen. It's the son of celluloid, and I have an idea for a post-mortem top five that I would be intrigued to hear your thoughts on. Very well spoken, of course, like Nathan always is. Even writes in his radio voice. He's, yeah, he's like the opposite of me. <laughs> I'm all drunk, stumbling over my words, slurring, opening beers on the air. And he's like, Beating up greetings, gentlemen. <laughs> with, with his monocle and his curly mustache. <laughs> we love you, Nathan. So, top five cinematic, Visions of Hell. Just imagine the main riff from Hell Awaits kicks in right here and continues as you read the rest. Trust me, it's better that way. I'm talking about the five best times the movie has actually shown the underworld. A lot of flicks, horror, and otherwise have at least a scene set in Satan's realm. Which ones do you think are the most infernally fantastic? Infernally delicious. And he said, I'm going to include my top six just for the hell of it. But then when I read his list, he only did five. (laughs) He's playing with us. He's He's messing with with our minds. Damn you, Hamilton. <laughs> and he says, keep up the good work, fuckers. Support indie horror. Oh, I guess he did top six because he has an honorable mention. Oh, the Beyond. Okay. Which one? The Beyond. The Beyond. The end of The that. Beyond, it shows hell. you never seen Lucio Fulci, The Beyond? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, number five. Jigoku, a Japanese vision of eternal torment that was gory as hell for its time in 1960. Yeah, great movie. I've, you've seen it? Oh, yeah. I've never heard of it. Uh, it's Takashi Miike's favorite movie. Takashi Mike. Yeah. Endorsed by the Mike. Yeah. Number four, The Devil's Carnival. You ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I actually have not seen that. My friend tried to show it to me in Seattle, and his uh, digital TV player thing didn't work. Oh, that's So I'm, I'm still, I still need to see that movie. I love the hell as a carnival idea, and it works perfectly, he says. Number three, Van Horizon. A little bit of crossover there. Yeah. Says it might have just been a momentary glimpse, but that was one seriously intense montage, which I agree. Number two, Coffin Joe's psychedelic damnation in This Night I'll Possess Your Corpse. I've never heard of this. Never heard of it either, yeah. He included a little YouTube link okay. here. So we'll watch it. We'll check it out. Yeah. Maybe we'll re- review it on a future podcast. Is it for a full movie or for a preview? I don't know. This is the first time I've opened okay. it. <laughs> Number one, Leviathan's Labyrinth and Hellraiser 2 Hellbound. It's a good, good that's, that's a That's a great list. I, to be honest, Hell and Back would not have been my number one if it wasn't for me wanting to throw it back at right. you. For, for the whole... Want to rub my face Yeah, in rub your face in my taco. <laughs> uh, Hellraiser 2 probably would have been my number one hell if I, yeah. if I was trying to... Me too. To it would have been... It was movies. my number one hell when I first started doing it. And I'm like, wait, Hell and Back has to be number one because I know I'm going to elaborate and fucking <laughs> talk about it for ten minutes. Actually... To tell you, it is good. Hellraiser 2 would have been my number two hell. Ezo would have still been my number one. Yeah. It's just one of my favorite movies, so... Yeah, I got to check that Ezo out. Ezo. Ezo, 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 drop the bass, Ezo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. You want me to start? Go ahead. 
Hellraiser 2, of course. Yeah. Silent Hill, of course. Um, what Dreams May Come. Robin Williams movie. Yeah. I think that's one of his better movies, actually. Um, it was from his time period of trying to do more serious movies. And it's basically a modern day Dante's Inferno. But there's some really creepy shit in there. Like the I field of, good, of yeah. face flowers. Yeah. And his wife in like the dilapidated it's, old church. It's also on my honorable mentions. Yeah. yeah. Really, really underrated movie. Another movie that I really enjoy is Little Nicky. Oh, I fucking hate Little You Nicky. hate Little Nicky? I hate Little it's, Nicky. Little Nicky is a love-hate movie. I like, hate his fucking face and his voice. <laughs> I seriously do. I generally don't like Adam Sandler, actually. Like... There's the classic ones, you know, Happy Gilmore. Everyone likes fucking Happy Gilmore. Everyone likes Billy Madison. Yeah. Those are decent movies. He's made some fucking shit movies. You know, my favorite movie he's involved with that he's not even in is called Strange Wilderness. You ever seen that? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. It's funny. There's a shark and it goes, <laughs> Okay. The guy gets tattooed on his eyelids of his eyes because he's like a stoner and he always falls asleep. That sounds funny. So he has funny. his eyes tattooed. It's uh, Justin Long. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, check it out. Not to go on a tangent. Yeah. Um, I liked how they depicted Hell in Little Nicky with Rodney Dangerfield as the devil and Kevin yeah. Nealon as, as his as tit head. Yeah. And, uh, you know, putting the pineapple well, that's in good. I ass. just don't like Adam Sandler in that movie. Yeah. I don't like his voice. I don't like his face. It almost looks like he got hit in the head with a shovel. <laughs> yeah. Or the scene where they play the Chicago record backwards. Like, they're trying to play yeah. the metal record backwards yeah. and you can't hear it. And then it's like, sacrifice souls to <laughs> Satan. I... <laughs> uh, Beetlejuice, the closet of lost souls. Yep, great hell. Love me some Beetlejuice. The uh, the glimpse of hell at the end of the Frighteners, the Hell Snake Tunnel that it's just also on my consumes yeah. itself. Um, Cemetery Man, the whole movie was hell. Really? Yeah. That, I didn't rewatch that Cemetery Man. Yeah. I haven't seen it for many years. It's probably like fourteen the last time I saw it. Yeah, it's you know there, there's the whole like main plot of the zombies, the dead coming back and him having to deal with them, and that sucks. But like. There's the woman that he falls in love with, and then she dies, and then another woman comes back that looks like her, and he keeps like having to deal with her and deal with her, and that's that's punishment right there for the love that he lost. And then at the end of the movie, when they get to the edge of the world, like that's where you suddenly understand that this movie is hell, and that's yeah. where he loses his mind, and him and Nagi switch places. Um, yeah, the movie is hell. And another movie, and when uh, Nathan first said Devil's Carnival, this is the one that clicked in my mind. His movie from the 1960s called Carnival of Souls. Yeah, black and white movie. Very... They remade it. It's terrible. Yeah, remake. yeah, I saw it. It was bad. I used to have the t- the poster of the remake in my mo- room when I was like probably like eleven. Because <laughs> I because I got it for free. Right, it's right. related. So um, yeah, Carnival of Souls is a great movie. It's got that like whole slow burn thing where you don't know what's going on, and the soundtrack to that movie is great because it's all just one organ playing all of the music. Yeah, and the lead character is an organist, and like that's her whole thing. So you, she's like being tortured by her own music. Yeah, and. Big fan of that movie. Uh, one of the movie, kind of movies you have to watch sober because you'll fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> but you got any more? That's it. All right. Well, I some think. of mine were on Oh, wait. List. One more. Oh. In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, for sure. The in hell the inside of Sutter Kane's head. Yes. Plus Hobbs End being a sort of existential hell where someone else is writing your life. You, you know what? I, I did my list and I was thinking that's good enough to be my number one. Mm-hmm. But then I couldn't kick anything off the list. Mm-hmm. I almost kicked Baskin out. And okay. I'm like, you know what? I want to keep it because if people hear the review, and they've never heard of it, mm-hmm. and it's new, they can get their hands on it right away. Yeah. Everyone knows it in the mouth of Yeah. So I'm like... That's why it was my honorable mention. Yeah, that's why I didn't put it in. But uh, yeah, The Prophecy. Very, oh, yeah. Very quick. 
I love the prophecy. Yeah, great movie. Really quick depiction of hell. But I, the movie I went to uh, Salem, Massachusetts, a couple years ago, and there was this secondhand store that sold a bunch of local artist work, and there was a six foot tall velvet painting of Christopher Walken from the prophecy. That's awesome. Yeah, it was six hundred dollars, so I obviously didn't buy it. <laughs> but it was hanging it up in the B ward yeah, if you did. Fucking a. <laughs> Another one. Uh, what I consider. You can debate me on this. Some people like this. I consider it a bad movie, but a good depiction of hell in it. Constantine. Constantine's a fucking awful movie. Good depiction of hell. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I I love the Constantine comics, and they got it all wrong. Constantine is fucking British, and that's important. Never seen the comics. Another comic-related thing. Spawn. Yeah. There's hell in Spawn. Terrible, terrible CGI hell. But terrible. <laughs> but it's hell. still hell. And, it, you know, if, if the CGI was good, it would have been yeah. good. So. We, we deserve a good Spawn movie. Spawn's such a great yeah. comic. Like, that movie needs to be... Now with the redone. Deadpool rated yeah. R and shit, rated R Spawn, yeah. probably be hopefully, pretty good. Hopefully we get... And they can bring back Michael Jai White. He was a great Spawn. Yeah. But... Um, and John Leguizamo. He was good. Legend. Yes. Surprised you didn't say that. Yeah. Hey, you love that yeah. legend. Yeah. Darkness. Darkness says... Darknesses should never give you money. <laughs> Can't say the rest of that. <laughs> Fuck your couch. Darknesses. Uh, there's a little movie. It was a sci-fi channel movie. It's called They Found Hell. You ever seen it? No. Good title, though. Yeah, but it's a, it's got a R-rated DVD. Okay. And that was a sci-fi channel movie. And it's actually really good hell. Huh. I have it. I'll let you watch okay. it. And I think you would really enjoy it. Yeah, I'll check it's, it out. Combination of like it's got like a hostile type butcher guy that's pushing like uh, body parts and shit. There's demons. All the effects are really good. There's nice. some, there's some questionable CGI and stuff, mm. but it's actually really good. I like it a lot for being a fucking sci-fi channel. Right. Frighteners, as you said. Oh yeah. Drag me to hell. Yeah. You know, do do you see hell in that movie though? Like other than her getting pulled in, like that's all. It's it's that's why it's on the honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah. And the whole it's a premise it's a hell related movie yeah. it shows hell when she gets pulled into the fucking train tracks and that's about it that's why it's only honorable mentions The Gate oh I forgot about The Gate you've the been gate. bad South Park <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm way over South Park I cannot watch that show at all anymore it's it's ran its course yeah but the movie, when it first came out, with the fucking sage and fuck blasted on his hand. Yeah, Saint. Yeah, Come on, let's fuck! <laughs> yeah. Fucking ridiculous, right? Another Hellraiser. Hellraiser Inferno. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. I actually like it. A lot of people share yeah, it. it was I okay. like it, and it's... Hell, he's waking up over and over. When he dies, he's in the same place yeah. and all shit. That was the one with the detective, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and not like a lot of, Was Pinhead in that movie at all? Yes. He oh. is. All I remember is the the twin Cenobites. Yeah, they're in it, and yeah. uh, and Pinhead's in it, and then you got the um, girls. Yeah, the girl Cenobites, and you got the kung fu long hair Cenobites. That's right. You that's got right. that one guy that's uh, he's all over the place. He's a char- really good character actor. Yeah. He's in it. Um, and then my last one. You ever heard of deconstructing Harry with Woody Allen? Yeah, I never saw the movie though. He goes to hell, and the devil is Billy Crystal. <laughs> And you, there's a clip on YouTube. I'll, maybe we'll link it in the comments or something. But you gotta you gotta check it out because I fucking hate Woody Allen. Uh-huh. I hate him. He just just when I see him, I just don't like him. Right. He fucked his fucking adopted daughter and stuff. You right. Know, I don't like him. But this depiction of hell and when he's there and stuff, it's really funny. Cool. It's very entertaining. You should check out Deconstructing Harry. Yeah, I've never like I don't really like Woody Allen movies. 
Yeah, me neither. No, but, not at all. Yeah, that, that, I don't even know it. if he directed or read it or wrote it or anything, but I remember seeing it. I saw it when I was young, huh. which is weird because I would have no interest in that. But I saw it maybe it was on TV or oh, something. Yeah. But and so when we were doing this, um, I was doing a little bit of research and somebody mentioned it. So then I went back and I rewatched the scene, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "That's fucking funny." Yeah. Okay, so check it out. I'll, I'll, I'll YouTube it for that. I like Billy Crystal. He's funny. I hate Billy Crystal. Really? I hate Billy Crystal so much. You just don't like Jews. That's what it is. No. <laughs> That's not true at all. I am a Jew. Oh, yeah? You don't know that? Jew J- J- horror. <laughs> the ham? Is that what they say? The ham? Yeah, exactly. Ma- mazel tov. Mazel tov. Yeah. To you. Yeah. So, from postmortem to you and yours, mazel tov. And have a happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the end of my honorable mentions, and that is the end of this episode. That's the show. Post mortem. That's it. Yeah. That's all, folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, oh. As uh, as H.P. Lovecraft said before he went to hell, <laughs> if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. That's gotta be tamed.